the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, well, well. It's Friday afternoon after all. It came sooner or later, didn't it? I knew it was going to. Very nice I indeed. I just knew it was going to. Lovely. Rainy, windy Friday. I was down at the Strip today because, you know, it's a Friday. Mm-hmm. We do that on Fridays. Yes. And as I was driving down, it was overcast but fine. Yeah. The instant I pulled into my parking space. Torrential rain. A deluge. Torrential yes. rain. And i got to be honest with you. A raindrops keep falling on my head. B.J. Thomas, 1969. I like the Glenn Campbell version better. No, no, this was a massive hit. I don't like this song. i got to be amazing. honest. I don't care about the Glenn Campbell version. I think it's a lousy song. <laughs> Is that better, Kath? That's oh, much better. Yeah. All right. That's so much better, Mike. I like when he goes, <laughs> Do you know if you watch the film version of this, yeah. that you can watch his suit shrink? Really? It's a wool suit. No kidding. And, and while you, he's soaked, right, you it can, actually you can watch it get smaller. How oh, about that's that? super cool. Yeah, and it's really good. One of the best movies ever. And of course, the hometown hometown pride, Gene Kelly. Is it too early? To tell me what? Your weekend, John, has begun. Oh, yes. Five minutes past the five o'clock hour. It's uh, all is right and well, at least in this corner of the world, isn't it? Happy Friday to you, Thank Kath. you. I appreciate yeah, you too, that. Mike. Also happy to be celebrating today, National mm-hmm. Grilled Cheese Day. Oh, wait, didn't we just do National Grilled Cheese Day? Was yeah, this like it a, was about 364 days ago. Really? It sort of sneaks up on you, that grilled it's, cheese. <laughs> doesn't it sure it? does. It Whenever does. you think you're done with it, you realize, wow, well, it's been 364 days. We should celebrate it again. I guess so. <laughs> it's kind of like Christmas morning to celebrate Grilled Cheese Day. Do you like a grilled cheese? I, I love a grilled cheese, but I rarely have one. Why? Because I want to fit in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, it is, it's it's really? not like it's a low-calorie sandwich. Really? So you consider grilled cheese like a treat? I consider it a staple. Do you really consider it a staple? Well, I mean, it's my go-to. Is it really? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh I, I mean, I bet yeah. I haven't had it in a, in a year. What? Maybe two what? years. What? What? Well, Mike, how many grilled cheese sandwiches have you had this week? Uh, three. There well, you go. <laughs> I knew that. That's why I asked. You guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I knew that. Thanks yeah. to my wife. Yes. She loves making them. It's dinner time. What's for dinner? Wow. Dinner okay, yeah. now wait a minute. In the Duffy household, it's every other day. <laughs> okay, see, this is what is not fair, is that you guys can just eat them and it doesn't make any difference where, you know, no, I no. eat them and it would make a difference. Here's a difference. Here's a difference. I'm fat and happy. <laughs> Mike's on his way to being fat and happy. You're thin and sweet. Okay. Thin and sweet. Yeah. Uh, okay, tell me about your grilled cheese sandwiches this week, Mike. Um my wife, you know, she does a really good job making uh, her own concoction of grilled cheese. You know, with <laughs> what does that mean? Is there, are there other things on there? <laughs> Look at you. He's trying to spin this. He got nothing. He's got absolute. Well, she makes her own concoction of grilled cheese. No, nothing's going on there. It's, you know, it's just, you know, 
It's just cheese. Is it for? T- <laughs> 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 That's it. It's about That's it. it. It's no, but I mean, pretty is basic. Is it different cheese? Do you put anything on it? Or some? Sometimes she puts um, Velveeta. Sometimes she puts avocado and cucumbers on the grilled cheese. Yeah. Again, well, I've never tried the that. The question is, before or after she grills it? After. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. No, it's yeah. not. It's no, the way to do it. That is crazy. No, it's not. Now, before, she does put the cucumbers on before. What? Who but wants she, a hot cucumber? She does. Okay. She likes but, like that. And no. I hate to have to redo no. our our argument we had a year ago, but I, it has to be said. Oh, it's this time again. Once, once you have created your grilled cheese and you have the perfect consistency of the meltiness nope. in the middle, when it's done, you don't open it up. Oh, like bring in cold air mm-hmm. so you can slap cold some air. tomatoes or something on there and try to put yeah. it together again because uh-huh. it's never going to be smooth and melty inside. It's not like you're making the grilled cheese in January on your front porch. <laughs> okay? It's cold air. No. I mean, really. And no. first of all, you have no skin in this game because you haven't had a grilled cheese sandwich in more Listen, than two plus but I, years. But I make them all the time. I make True. them for my kids all the time. Oh, you the, do. The trick is you immediately have to take it off the grill or wherever you're cooking on your panini maker your panini maker yeah it, you immediately take it off and then you place whatever you want but no 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 you but then you don't want to open it air. up again because you have it you are letting the cold air in listen this is not stomach surgery t- <laughs> it's not okay you're making a sandwich but it's not gonna be as hot inside if you open it up slap some cold tomatoes or whatever what? it is in there and then close it again i defy you to take the temperature of pre and post open you put whatever you're going to put in the sandwich in it mm. at the very beginning, no, no, then no. you oh. grill it, and then it's perfectly smooth my, and melty and hot wife, and fine. My wife is texting. She goes, here you go. As an avid grilled cheese maker, uh-huh. three times a week at least, <laughs> she says, <laughs> Kathy is right. No, oh, chill. Heat it all together. No, you don't. Mrs. New Mike. Who wants a you. hot tomato? You put a tomato on a grilled cheese sandwich. I don't want a hot tomato. Now, what's wrong I want with a, hot tomatoes? I don't like it. I want yeah. a pickle on a grilled cheese well, sandwich. So you want a cold tomato in yes, the middle of your hot grilled cheese sandwich. It's a nice contour. Well, I promise you yeah. it's not hot inside it if you a put nice a cold contour. tomato in there. Well, by the no, t- no, don't you be talking about the nice contour, Mike. It's it true. Your much- wife <laughs> makes it a certain way because she knows. And seriously, how much time does it take you to eat a grilled cheese sandwich? I mean, if you're a guy, about 60 seconds. Yeah, not even. Okay, okay. When, she, when your wife makes you a grilled cheese sandwich, I'm guessing she makes you two. Yes. Okay. At least. Oh, really? Two. Is, at least. At least two. What? Because one is very small. No, no, no. You, no, no. You do a what? grilled cheese sandwich with a side, like a soup or something. Soup I, and sandwich. Oh, I still need two with a soup. I'm not doing two. That's way too you much. You never do two? No, never. Maybe maybe you're putting on a lot of cheese. I don't know. What's appropriate? Again, I, I put okay. two, slice, I put two slices using, of like, cheese. Texas toast? No. Just regular, you know. Two slices of cheese. That's way too little. Two oh, see, I feel like that's cheese. good, but you like need two sandwiches too. out of that. Two slices of cheese? How many slices are use? you using? I don't know. At least three. <gasps> what do you mean at least three? At least three. What does that mean? Sometimes five? I want No, never five, but I want it to be thick and gooey. Two seems kind of like you're, you know, I don't know, on a government program or something. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Now, sometimes I only need one if she puts, like, turkey on mine. Turkey? Yeah. Now, see, now, there's an instance where I would do hot turkey. Yeah. Not after the fact. Yeah. Now, wait a minute. Heat it up. Yeah. She's Altogether. putting turkey in your grilled cheese. Yeah. Now, that oh, yeah. sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. It's really what if, good. What if, you did, what if you did turkey and like Swiss or something, and then you served it with cranberry sauce? <laughs> Whoa. That's like cranberry. Thanksgiving yeah. in a skillet. 
Wouldn't that be delicious? That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty good. Now, why do we always have to talk about food at the top I of know. the I know. Uh, gosh, it's natural, National Grilled Cheese Day. That's nice. Gosh, we'd love to hear from you. We're we going to open up the phone. Right I mean, now. not right now, but we, we're going to open up the phone lines later in today's show. To talk about grilled cheese. Well, we're going to talk about smells. I mean, other talk shows are talking about, you know, budget deficits or, you know, third world listen, problems. There's we're a reason. About grilled cheese. There's a reason why people listen to the ride home. Because right. how much of that can we really oh, take? Got that right. I got to golly. I got to go get a classic mic to fill in for me because I need to make one right now. What, what a grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah. yeah, good luck finding a stove yeah. here. We well, used to have home. a Foreman grill back there in the kitchen, but I think someone pitched it at one point. I, well, I think it was a fire hazard. It's in the cabinet. I saw it. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Using it. Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about secularism and religiosity. Our new friend, David Zoll, has combined the two, and he's calling it seculosity. All right. How career, parenting, tech, food, politics, and romance became our new religion. Mm-hmm. It's coming up next. WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. With the best new music. New New music from Matthew West. Unplanned. I know that there's no such thing as unplanned. Love Lifting Me by Tasha Layton. And Brandon Murphy with Coming Home. I'm coming home to you. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At extremetruck.net. As parents, you're dedicated to seeing your kids live out God's call for their lives. To enter adulthood with discernment, integrity, biblical values, and the ability to thrive in work that's meaningful. To not only make wise and faithful decisions, but defend them as well. At Cornerstone Prep in West Mifflin, pre-K through 12th grade students thrive in an environment that fosters biblical discipleship and authentic education. Cornerstone Prep, ready for life at cornerstoneprep.net. This is the Entertainment Answer. What does actor Zach Galifianakis say are some powerful themes in his new film, Missing Link? Friendship, seeing the world is a really big theme to get out of your comfort zone and to, to open your eyes to other ways of how people live. I think this is a really, really great kids movie and it might be, could go down kind of as a classic to me. And I'm not saying that because of minute, I'm saying it because of Chris's work. Missing Link, rated PG in theaters April 12th. For this entertainment answer, I'm Matt Mungle. I'm pretty handy around the house, but now that I have kids, I don't want to spend my Saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner. But thankfully, there's HomeAdvisor. HomeAdvisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project. You can read reviews of the pros, check their availability, and even book appointments online. And what my wife loves most is that HomeAdvisor is completely free to use. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app to get started. HomeAdvisor. 
Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership. But not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping. And I'll see you at the club. Thank you. David Tall is with us. David is the founder, co-director of Mockingbird Ministries, editor-in-chief of the popular Mockingbird website. He's also the author of A Mess of a Help from the Crucified Soul of Rock and Roll and co-author of Law and Gospel, A Theology for Sinners. Hey, David, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hi, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, our pleasure. Now, David, I did feel glad when I read your article in the Washington Post that I had not put my, like, Grove City College sticker on the back of my car. I love Grove City. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, that that piece was. Um, it, it almost felt like a a, a setup, a prank for the uh, promotion of this book I've just written. Didn't it? And it also seemed. I mean, obviously, it was very well placed based on this absolutely nutty college admission scandal thing that we've read about for the last two weeks. So let's start first off with that. Um, what a weird situation we have put ourselves in as parents that all of a sudden it's like so important to our own self-image where our kids are going to college. I mean, absolutely. It's it's sort of our, our children have always been an extension of ourselves, I think, but never as um, transparent as today. Yeah. And so uh, w- when you have people committing felonies to kind of get around the front door of the university, you can be sure that there's something uh, wonky going on. In fact, I think it's because uh, parents are really rooting their their righteousness, their sense of identity in their children in, a, in, a, in an almost religious way. Yeah, and I, I think that's true because, you know, uh, we've all sort of sneered at this. Well, okay, I'll raise my hand. Maybe not all of us. I have sneered at this. But we're no better in Christendom because, you know, when we, when we put our kid into college, our identity goes along with that. Oh, we're, we're as holy as everybody else. Our, our kids are at a holy university, so that means something about our entrance into heaven. And that starts when our, when the kids are little. I mean, remember when you go to your first, I don't know, I remember taking my daughter to soccer when she was maybe four. And it is a little disconcerting when you realize how into the four-year-old soccer program some of the parents are. Oh, I know. I mean, I think that the moms and dads on sidelines are, are immediate tip-off to um, you know what, what? What's at stake here? What's actually at stake uh, when a child misses a goal or doesn't get quite enough playing time? <laughs> you you have to yeah. wonder what what uh, what what's going on. So spiritually speaking, and I think that there's a lot of uh, re- misplaced religiosity. So you're saying then that that on the whole, Americans are becoming less religious, but it's kind of the old staple that you're going to end up worshiping something. Yeah, I, absolutely. But I think that what you're worshiping is not so much a college or even your child. You're worshiping some sense of enoughness, some sense of personal righteousness that you're trying to get from these things. So, so that uh, you know that sticker in the back windshield that's that's become like the ultimate measure of middle class righteousness in America. So yes, there's worship involved, but what we're really after is just we're we're, 
trying to justify ourselves. There's something almost innate about the human spirit, I think, that seeks to justify and to validate, um, really at the expense of other people, even even unconsciously. Isn't it hard on social media to act like a real person? I mean, John and I, John and I have this battle all the time. You know, we have to be on social media because of our jobs. We're, we have to be on Twitter, but we're both horrible on Twitter, both of us, because we never want to say anything. Because every time I go to say something, I read it back and I'm like, oh, that sounds idiotic. I'm not saying that. It was just, it's so. Or un- I'm going to start a fight. Right. It's just so, un- it's so unnatural. And, and so I just end up wanting to withdraw from it. I just, I wonder if there's any way to do that well. And I also wonder about people who have, you know, tens of thousands or a million followers. And I think, what is it? You know, they're willing to dive deep into the pool and sacrifice themselves in some way. Well, it, it definitely um, takes a certain type of personality to to deal with that. And, and I, I try to talk about it in the book about, you know, a couple of people who've really had nervous breakdowns because there's such a disconnect between the self that they're projecting online and who they actually are. And so when that self, uh, when that image of yourself gets so much approval, you actually feel lonelier because you know mm-hmm. that's not you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not, not to mention the exhaustion of kind of keeping up appearances. It's, it, it can be pretty toxic, but, you know, Christians have, we have our Sunday faces, I think, and, and now the rest of the world has their Instagram faces. So it's, um, we're kind of all in this together, I think. I wonder if Quakers have the same problem. Quakers. Well, you know, I mean, if you go to a Quaker meeting, people just kind of sit in silence. And, you know, okay, so it's a little different feel than what we're doing on a Sunday or the rest of the week, right? Maybe Quakers, maybe anti-technology or just silence is a better way to go. Mm-hmm. It could be. I mean, then, then again, maybe you, you create a little hierarchy of who can be silent uh, longest. You know? <laughs> well, uh, I promise. Well, that, that guy was really silent. <laughs> that guy it's was very so- mysterious what he's doing I'll, there. I'll tell you what, I wish that guy would have been silent. Yeah. Um, so, David, you've combined two words. So you've got secularism on one side and you've got religiosity on the other. Talk about why you came up with seculosity and what you think it's, what, how, what you think it's describing. Sure. The word seculosity, it's really a uh, a way to talk about religious energy and feeling and devotion that is uh, that's aimed at earthly rather than heavenly targets. And it's really my answer to the why it is uh, we are all so anxious and lonely and exhausted and divided today. And I think there's because there's a, a displaced um, uh, yearning for enoughness, or we, we've turned. Uh, Things, everyday pursuits like eating and voting and parenting, into guilt management systems. Mm-hmm. But we're we're using these things um, as uh, you know to justify ourselves in ways that um, create more anxiety rather than less. Even though we think they're going to create less, yeah. and that's what the, the book is kind of a catalog. It's supposed it's winsome because I'm, I'm I'm describing myself in a lot of it, even though I'm a Christian and someone who gets up and preaches on Sundays. But. So, David, go into that then a little bit. The, uh, the idea of a guilt management system, it sounds very Catholic. Yes, well, that's the, or shame management system. I think it, it does sound that way, but we all live with, I think, a base level sense of not good enoughness. Um, what we would just call conviction of sin in, in, in theological terms, but um, everyone, I think, in the middle of the night is worried that they're, who they are is unacceptable. Or um, yeah. if, if people really knew who I was, uh, then it, my church wouldn't accept me, or my uh, God wouldn't accept me. And so I think that uh, we, we've we've created a situation where 
for centuries we would go to church with our guilt and with our shame, and, and sometimes the church wouldn't really live up to that calling, but theoretically they were a forgiveness person in town. And mm-hmm. now we don't, uh, when, when that's not an option for people, what they do is they, they, they try to um, get that absolution in other ways, and it's usually by demonstrating how great they are on social media or making sure everyone knows um, the, that they eat extremely pure food or, you know, uh, or that they parent in the exact right way. I mean, modern parents know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Sure. All sorts of heretics and and people who are, um, you know, cast out or uh, judged as righteous. Mm -hmm. Um, Thinking about the book of Galatians, my husband and I have always talked about this since early in our marriage, that we'll come up with with like a new circumcision for uh, for ourselves all the time is that there's something that we can claim righteousness in and it's always it's always a harsh reminder that the gospel tells us that whatever that is that will never save you you can be as proud of it as you want and you can be as observant as you want but that will never save you I, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think that everything that I describe in the book, you know, from even from, from work and, and leisure and all these, you know, things, technology, none of them are bad in and of themselves. But when they become arbiters of salvation, you know, community, worth, uh, well, then they turn into their opposite. They become religions of law, to use the Galatians term, and there's no grace. Mm-hmm. There's no mercy. Right. They take on the form of old-time religion with all the demand, but none of the, none of the uh, forgiveness. Right. Okay, so then through all the clutter of secular and then adding in uh, the Christian uh, overlay of all that, I mean, is there... Is there anything that you do that you see yourself as part of the daily mix that is right and good and holy and true other than, you know, I mean, is there any outpost other than the Bible and Jesus Christ? There's, there's got to be things, you know, that, that are appealing, that are, that are good, but it feels as though everything's just a curdled mess of, of old milk. I hope that's not what comes across in the book, but it, 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 it can feel that way, and I think people feel that way about modern life sometimes. It feels overwhelming and, and soured, uh, but there is joy to be found in these things. Yes. You know, I think from a Christian perspective, if you approach life from justification rather for it, you know, if, if, if you're secure in, in how, what, who God sees you to be through Christ— I think that there's freedom to engage in in your career and in your romantic relationships and in your uh you know uh your technological life. I don't I don't even know even social media, who knows. Mm-hmm. There's there's a freedom there that um that, that is evidence. We 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 see people like this. I think that um the book tries to ca- um to paint a few pictures of what that looks like rather than give people another thing to feel bad about not not doing well enough. <laughs> That's a good point. I like that. I'll take it. Uh, The new book is called Seculosity, How Career, Parenting, Technology, Food, Politics, and Romance Became Our New Religion and What to Do About It. We're talking to author David Zoll. David, let's talk for just a little bit about workism. Um, I was interested to read a story today that was talking about – it it was a profile, uh, kind of an autobiographical profile a woman wrote in um, The New Yorker just a couple days ago about her decision 
to finally break up with her boyfriend. And the reason that it was it was a profile that was picked up and commented on so much is that the reason she broke up with her boyfriend is that they had both been, you know, high achievers, Ivy League grads, you know, both pursuing, you know, dynamic careers with huge paychecks. And then when um, it came time for them to talk about getting married, he said, well, I mean, how much money could we possibly need? You know, I could work and then you could stay home with our kids. And she was just appalled that this could possibly happen. There's just absolute. Why would I stay home with our kids? Why did I go to MIT so that I could stay home with right, my right. kids? Why is it, you know, that's do- anyway, it was, and it was a chronicle of the dissolution of the relationship. But, and of course, she said, you know, this was the right decision for me. I have no desire to have children. I certainly don't have any desire to stay home with them. Um, and I'm, you know, as soon as he asked me that question, I realized that I didn't like him very much to begin with. So, it, and again, I'm not saying that these two are like set up and they should marry, but I am saying that. That was certainly an arrow pointing towards the fact that our careers have become like the meaning of life. Yeah, it's funny when you cast it in romantic terms too, because we've bought into this idea that there's a soulmate out there for us, like the perfect person who will meet our every need, basically Jesus. in another person, but workism says that there's this perfect job out there. There's this perfect vocation that will fulfill your every desire and passion and complete you as a human being. And um, she basically has uh, decided the second one is more important than the first one. And maybe she's right, because maybe he was a lousy guy, you don't know, but he... it is interesting that we've we've kind of come to conceive of career as um, the point of life yes, right. rather yeah. than something we do in order to spend more time with our children, in order to, you know, be able to, to give money to charitable donations or things like that. Uh, the, lots and lots of people are talking about how career has become the point of life and yeah. workism is really making people miserable. I mean, David, you talk about this. You write about this. You say this. Uh, wherever you are, wherever you are most tired, look closely and you'll find self-justification at work. The drive to validate your existence, mm-hmm. to assert your lovability via adherence to some standard of enoughness, be it behavioral or conceptual, given or invented. I mean, that's perfect. That's it. That's everything in a nutshell there. Well, thank you. I mean, I, I think that the Christian faith really, if this is that important to people, this drive for justification, I mean, this is it receives its answer more or less directly in the New Testament, I believe. So um, I don't think that's a coincidence. Uh, I, I don't think that it's um, an antiquated notion that God justifies the ungodly. Uh, and so, I, but I actually think that's good news that speaks directly to people today like me, who mm-hmm. are caught up in that, you know, what was that treadmill of striving yeah. and proving, and uh, that never seems to end. Yeah, actually. and that's every bit as evident in the church as it is outside the church. I don't think I'm any different in how I, I hate to say that. I wish I could say, boy, my way of looking at work is so much more <laughs> redeemed and God centered than everybody else. But I think in, if you just looked in and just the practical day to day of how I look at work, I think I'm exactly the same. Wow, Kathy. I mean, that that says something. In fact, but the the, the ability of you for you to say that 
it's probably remarkable in and of itself. But wait, though, you know, so people come into whether it's I'm sure, David, you've intersected with this people in your organization or people in this organization, people, new hires will come in and go, you know, God's called me here and I'm going to do God's work at this ministry. And the, then there's the bottom line. Well, you know what? Um, we're also a, a a place where, you know, you have to earn a living and that there's money involved. So it's one thing that they have a heart of that. But when the rubber meets the road, there's also commerce involved as well. So, you know, it's two sides of the sword here. It, it, it is. And, you know, our, our American obsession with work, um, sometimes we, we, we look to God to validate that. And we, have, we come up with all sorts of mm-hmm. holy excuses for why we need to spend more time at the office and not elsewhere. And I, I try to provide a few examples in there of what a more, uh, slightly more redeemed work life might look like. But, you know, we're living in a world where there's uh, no such thing as a snow day anymore because you can just work from home. And, and uh, no such thing as a sick day because you can just, uh, you know, Skype in. Yeah. So, um, and I've got, we've creates, got our phones. It creates a collective sense of exhaustion, I think, and anxiety. Well, David, this has been a ton of fun. Thanks yeah, for thanks joining us. Lot. Really, it's an excellent piece. Really good job. Yeah, the new book is called Seculosity, How Career, Parenting, Technology, Food, Politics, and Romance Became Our New Religion and What to Do About It. Author, David Zoll. It's so nice now that the kids are asleep. Cheers. We got the kids, our house, a stable income. Checking off all the boxes. But there's one box we haven't checked off. What's that? Life insurance. We don't need to think about that now. We're young. That's why now is the best time. Life insurance gets more expensive the older you get. But I don't have time to do a blood test. It's such a hassle to meet with someone just to get a quote. Not with Ethos. Ethos? It's a modern kind of life insurance. You just answer four quick questions at getethos.com and get a free instant quote. No pushy salespeople. And no medical exams required for policies covering under a million dollars. You can apply online in just 10 minutes. 10 minutes? Let's do it. Hmm. But then what will we do for the rest of the night? I'm sure we can think of something. (laughs) Get your free instant quote and submit your complete application in minutes. Just go to getethos.com. That's E-T-H-O-S. Getethos.com. GetEthos.com. Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40-year legacy of producing college-bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 classical Christian school, students grow to love learning, think deeply, and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation. Robinson Township Christian School, now enrolling preschool through 12th grade at rtcsonline.org. This Easter, Breakthrough, starring Chrissy Metz. Boys, get off the ice! She's been underwater for 15 minutes. The odds were against her son. He's had no pulse for over an hour. Until his mother's prayer. Please send her Holy spirit to save my son. Proved the impossible. We've got a pulse! On April 17th. I don't believe John will survive the night. Discover the incredible true story. You don't know my son. Of an extraordinary miracle. He is a fighter. Breakthrough. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. For tickets, go to BreakthroughMovie.com. Hi, this is Todd Shulkin. Join me and head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin, Steelers players Vance McDonald and Stefan Tewitt, and pastors Brian Loretz and Ed Glover for Man Up Pittsburgh on Saturday, June 8th at Victory Family Church in Cranberry. Man Up is a day for all men to work on becoming the best godly leaders they can be. 
week. There'll be free food, fellowship, worship, powerful messages, and dynamic breakout sessions. From high schoolers to grandfathers, this is for you. Register today at manofpittsburgh.org. Hosted by Urban Impact and brought to you locally by Chick-fil-A of Pittsburgh. Tax day is coming, and this year more than ever, you're probably wanting some help. Head over to H&R Block. No one knows tax reform better than Block, and their tax pros will get you every credit, deduction, and dollar you deserve. Make an appointment, walk in, or drop off your docs at a Block office near you. Partial clearing and cooler tonight, the low 50 degrees for tomorrow, partly sunny. A nice day for the opening of trout season, high 69 degrees, mostly cloudy tomorrow night. Low 48th and for Sunday, a brief shower or two in the morning, otherwise mostly cloudy and warm with a high of 73. Then we do have to watch for some strong storms as we move into the afternoon and evening. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. News comes through the Reuters News Service and via the New York Post saying that just Wednesday of this week, Switzerland, the country, announced plans to abolish the nation's emergency stockpile of coffee. Oh, I did not know. Which has been in place for decades, John. They've had an emergency stockpile. Of coffee. Really? Okay, for decades. After after they declared the beans not vital for human survival. Oh, what? <laughs> then they're clearly I, not up early. Nestle, the maker of instant coffee, Nescafe. Instant coffee is an insult. I mean, I don't even mm. drink coffee, and I know that. Right? Um And other uh, roasters and retailers are required by Swiss law to store bags of raw coffee. The country stockpiles other staples, too, such as sugar, rice, edible oils, and animal feed. Now, this was established between World War One and World War Two, as Switzerland was preparing for any potential shortages in case of war, natural disaster, or epidemics. Fascinating. Okay. But according to the plan released for public comment, I wonder what was going on privately. Coffee stockpiling obligations would expire by the end of 2022 with companies free to draw down what they store in their warehouses. The federal office, this is the this is the comment, and I know this might hurt you both. The federal office for national economic supply has concluded coffee is not essential for life. That's really surprising. That's what they said. I mean, it's not really essential. Mm-hmm. It is certainly a, a huge luxury. They said coffee has almost no calories and subsequently does not contribute from the physiological perspective to safeguarding nutrition. So this stockpile is for the safety uh, and vitality of the government if... Of the, of the Swiss people. Right. But you would think that coffee just as a psychological boost to the human right. condition. Exactly. You would want that as Apparently a, Switzerland does not care about that. Well, they probably have stockpiles of chocolate and lots of dark chocolate. Listen, so they, that would they make, have eight and a half million people who live in Switzerland. Think about how few people that is. Mm. They have eight and a half people. We have over two million people that live in Allegheny County. <laughs> okay, Switzerland's eight and a half million residents consume about 20 pounds of coffee per person annually, eclipsing Britain's 7.2 average and double... What's consumed in the United States. Double? Mm-hmm. That's hard to believe. I think people are like coffee addicts here. 9.9 pounds per year is the average for an American. 20 pounds per year for a Swiss. Wow. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Okay, so the, what does that mean? They're just going to cut it cut it back. They're just going to let the stockpile disappear. Well, they're, they're going to stop requiring that of companies. Mm-hmm. So the government is not keeping the stockpile. The government requires certain producers of goods and services to keep a stockpile, and they I have see. done that for decades since the end of World War II. So then some wise entrepreneur will create their own stockpile of coffee. I and think. in such case, 
they would be able to parse that out at a large profit. Or it'll be a great marketing ploy for big coffee manufacturers in, mm-hmm. Swi- in Switzerland to say, really, you don't think that this is necessary for life? Right, that's nice. Do you not love the smell of coffee brewing on the stovetop? Mm. Don't you love that so much? That is the best smell. One of the best. Oh, my gosh. It's so rich. And you can, right? It just excites the senses. I don't really like that smell. What? Wait, really? You don't like the smell of coffee? How do you not like the smell of coffee? Do you you don't I don't really I don't I don't really like I mean it's even, it doesn't make me sick, but I don't really like it. No kidding. Even before I drank coffee, I loved that smell. I love it so much. That might be the reason why I don't like the taste of it, is I just don't like the smell of it. Isn't the smell of, like, if you smell a coffee bean, doesn't it neutralize your uh, smelling senses? Because when I would walk into a perfume shop or whatever, they would have, coffee like, beans? regular coffee beans. Oh, interesting. So and, it kind of, like, cleanses your palate? Yeah. I never knew that. I did not know that either, Mike. I don't, they're there. Next really? Time, yeah. Inside of, like, where? A, 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 an apothecary. I was at Ross Park Mall, and they... I don't know what store I was in, but, you know, actually, it was one of those, um, it was right next to the makeup. Uh, mm-hmm. Sephora. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, you, I know that. Yeah, I was going to say, wow, <laughs> I can't understand how you two are having this conversation. <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was actually getting my wife a Christmas present, and, yeah. and I see like a cup of coffee beans, and I'm like, oh, what are these for? And the lady was like, the lady behind the counter was like, oh, that it neutralizes your... Uh, your smelling senses. Interesting. Mm. Okay. Before you smell perfume. All right. So you love you guys love the smell of coffee. I do. I love. Mm. I don't really like. I don't really yeah. like the smell of coffee. Really? Now, now here's something that, a smell that I absolutely love. I love the smell of dark chocolate. I mean, when I open anything, in fact, you were at my house on Saturday, and I had those dark chocolate covered mints. Oh, weren't they delicious? They by surely the way. were. But when you open the package, the smell of them mm. is so. Fabulous! Yeah, oh yeah. The smell is as good as, as is as good as the taste. That's to not me. true. Okay. No, <laughs> not true at all. I mean, you, you have to eat it. Oh, that's not true. No, no. no. Okay, so so, so it's interesting. So you don't like the smell of coffee. You neither care for perfume. No, I don't like perfume a lot. Like you told me years ago, you know, there's something about blah, blah 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 there, and that guy's wearing cologne. And I thought, well, sometimes I wear cologne. I guess I better not no, no, wear I cologne. Mind, no, no, I don't mind. No, no, it's not that I never like cologne or I never like perfume. I feel like I've I've misrepresented myself. It's just when it's too much, it's a little hard to take. Right. But I don't I don't dislike it. I would rather smell perfume than coffee. Really? How about not- perfume that smells like coffee? <laughs> Years ago, one time years ago, my, I took my mom out. We, I took her to lunch and we went to the movies and we were at the mall and we were walking through, you know, the, one of the mega department stores. And would you hop up when you like, like Kaufman's downtown in the old days and you had to walk the gauntlet oh through the gosh. first floor. Listen, it's and those still like women, that. I mean, not downtown. But they were like, you know, here, can I spritz you? Spraying stuff on I remember, like, And my mom and I, we were drenched. It was like we got into a barrel of Estee Lauder or Polo or something. We went to the movies. People literally moved because we smelled like flowers in springtime. I don't know. It was way too much. But you know people like that. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's no, no. horrible. Yeah. Okay. So the, the question is, what smells do you really like and what ones don't you like? And, you know, this came up because John and I were looking at an article that said that smells are closely linked to memory. Mm-hmm. And so when you think back on smells that really stick with you, what are they? We're going to open up the phone lines at 800-320-8255. It's a weird topic for a weird day because it's Friday and why not do something fun? Why not? Okay. Yeah. So when I think of smells that, that take me, me back, like a, a smell that is definitely linked to memory, 
I would say that I have this mental sense image. What do you call it? Like a like sense memory. A sense memory of my my grandmother make, working with raw dough. She made pierogies all the time. Um, and I remember walking into the her house and just smelling. It was a mixture of cigarettes and raw dough. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad combo. Hey, you want some pie? No, I'll pass, Graham. Love you. I'll pass. It's a camel. It's a camel. We want to hear from you. 800-320-8255. Do you have any like oh, yeah. sense memories? Several. Um, okay, so I grew up um, a Catholic schoolboy at the time when all, like many masses catholic masses involved the use of incense i mean is that still the case no no you know they used to call it high mass and of course high mass involved lots of pomp and circumstance so you know incense uh, and they would put them in these you know metal round balls that were you know heated and they were hot and they would pour the incense in by the spoonful and then that thing would release plumes of incense all over the place in the rare instance where I smell that now, I mean, that takes me back to, you know, fourth grade, and there I am as a little boy again. And I just, I love that so much. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think I think that the smells of your youth somehow, you know, activate that. I remember, I told you this, it was like fourth or fifth grade, hard to believe. I was a little bit of a smarty pants as a kid. What? It was the last day of school. The very last day of school, and so it was like half day, and we were all sitting waiting for the school bell to ring to signal the end of the school year. And I said something like, um, "This is the last moments of the, the last day of school, the very last moments, so all year long." And here it is, and uh, and so we're sitting there in silence. And I said, um, "No more, uh, no more classes, no more books, no more teachers' dirty looks." I thought that, you know, that little. That's clever. Know, and, and then promptly, for whatever reason, I threw up. <laughs> and everyone was like. Wait, wait, because you were sick or because. I don't know. It was like an explosion of like uh, emotion, I think. Oh, thank God. It's finally here. And I sort of put the cap on it. And then I threw up. And everyone was like, oh. And the, the, my teacher, Mrs. Andrews, he was like, okay, well, I guess we're going to call Mr. Paul, which was Mr. Paul was the school janitor. And then the bell rang. And so the teacher said, John, you stay. And everyone left. And then poor Mr. Paul, the last act of his school year, was taking care of some kid's throw up. And he had a bottle, a big uh, bucket of pine saw or whatever. Pine saw. That is such a strong disinfectant, smell. Disinfectant. And I had to watch Mr. Paul. What Mr. Paul should have done was make me clean up my throw up. <laughs> But instead, I watched him, and I had to stay late on the very last day. So whenever I smell pine salt, that's the first thing I think of, Mr. Paul and me going, being a smarty pants. Anyway, 800-320-8255. You want to go to the yeah, phones? let's do it. Okay, let's see. Uh, Melissa's uh, on the air. Hey, Melissa, thanks for joining Catherine, Mike, and I. Uh, what's your uh, smell memory? Uh, Dina Tay. My mom used to go to the shower every night, and she would put on Dina Tay, and it was one of the smells that always brings back my mother. Oh my gosh! I forgot that ever ago. existed. Do you remember that, John? The Your bath sisters. salts? No, it was like a perfume. Bath beads or bath? It, yeah. it, it, yeah, it, it was probably like had bath. several forms. Yeah, she was put on every evening after she would take a shower. It's one smell that you just smell, and it's a thought that goes back to my mother. Oh, how about that? Do they, That's do they great. still make it, Melissa? I don't know. I don't think so. Well, I think you should go out and I buy think, yourself I, some and, I think and love that, your mom. I think that went went out with like Alberto VO5. Oh, and in a like, tube. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 
Gina Tay. I haven't thought about that in a long time. Me neither. Okay, Thanks, Melissa. One. That's funny. 800-320-8255. A smell memory somehow that you connect with. Joe, you're with us today. What's your smell? Hi, John and Kathy. Yes, John, you may be able to relate with this. I spent four years in North Dakota, and uh, last year I did some uh, yard work uh, moving some dirt, and the smell of the dirt reminded me of North Dakota. I didn't realize that, mm. that it made that much of an impression. Oh, that's really interesting. I wonder what that is. So the smell, some, and is it just exclusive to, is it Pittsburgh dirt that smelled like North Dakota dirt? Uh, yeah, I just live north of Pittsburgh. Very interesting. Isn't that interesting? Okay, so dirt has a smell memory. Uh, uh, oh, Mike, you're telling us to break? Okay, okay, well, we've got, join us. We've got people on the line, but there's uh, room for two more. 800 320 your smell memory. Mm-hmm. What is that? We'd love to hear that. Tell us that story on this Friday afternoon on the ride home here on Word FM. First Mortgages, Impact Mortgage Group, DBA Cash Call Mortgage, 19500 Jamboree Road, Irvine, California, 92612, NMLS 128231. Equal housing lender, not licensed in all states, including New York. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. Okay, here's the deal. You're a freelancer, a hired hand, a self-made, self-owned business of one. Whether you're a contractor, creative director, or consultant, you're the boss. And that makes things easy. Unless, of course, you're trying to get a mortgage. When it comes to qualifying for a cash-out refi, Gig economy workers come with more obstacles, more complexities, and more stress, right? Wrong. Dial 800-815-0745, and one of our cash-out mortgage specialists will help you qualify for the lowest interest loan possible, regardless of your source of income. It's the easiest call you'll make all day. Dial 800-815-0745. That's 800-815-0745. Make the cash call today. That's 800-815-0745. Hey, Pittsburgh, this is Tunchilkin for my good friends at Calusi Chevrolet. If you've been thinking about a new car, there's never been a better time to buy than right now. This month, only Calusi will give you $1,000 above Kelly Blue Book trade-in value on your current vehicle. Plus, you can save up to 20% off the MSRP on select Chevy Trax and Equinox. So remember, you can buy with confidence knowing the team at Calusi has been serving Pittsburgh for over 100 years. Check them out at Calusi.com. Chevrolet, find new roads. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. Great beds, no bull. That is the original Mattress Factory difference. Our mattresses are designed with the highest quality materials and are hand-built in our local employee-owned factories, all for hundreds less than mainstream mattress brands. Sound too good to be true? Stop by your local factory for a personal tour and to see how your favorite bed is made from beginning to end. Or you can check out any of our stores or visit OriginalMattress.com to find out what the OMF difference is all about. We're talking about smell memory. 
the things that you look back on, like I was just in California a couple weeks ago, and when I got out of the car, I got, you know, I, 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 the plane landed, I got my rental car, I drove to the coast, and when I opened my car door, oh, oh my God. The, the smell of the ocean is my favorite smell <laughs> on earth. I agree. Oh, me too. I was so, just and as I'm leaving mm-hmm. the last day, I'm trying to smell it and remember it. Do you right, know what I right, mean? Right, 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 right. And, uh, and okay, so this is pretty common. I think a lot of people do this. My dad passed away decades ago, but I had two shirts of his folded up in my uh, my mm-hmm. chest of drawers. And occasionally, you know, you go in there and mm-hmm. you take a whiff. And, of course, it, you know, it smelled like your dad, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, over the decades, you know, the smell goes away. But, you know, there it is. Mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty common thing. Okay, 800-320-8255. Uh, let's go to the phones and talk to Pat. Hi, Pat. How are you today? Hello, John and Kathy. I'm fine, thank you. How are you both? Good, good. Thanks for being with us. What, what's your smell? Well, especially this time of year, um, Easter bread, which we call Pascha, uh-huh. and it just makes my whole house smell. But it reminds me of my baba, my grandma, mm-hmm. who is my father's mother, and she came from Czechoslovakia, and of course she taught it then to my mother so that my mother could make it for our family. My mother taught me how to make it, and I taught my daughter, and now I'm teaching my three gar- grandsons. Oh, I love it. They wow. will make a Pascha, and the memory has just... You know, sometimes we'd even come up the sidewalk at my Bubba's house and start to smell. Before we even got in the house, we could smell that bread wow. uh, rising and then baking. Isn't that so wonderful? It's just a one, wonderful smell, and um, my daughter just loves it also. And my father has passed away three years ago, but uh, the tradition is continuing on. It's just a wonderful, close uh, family memory. Mm, nice. I love that. And that smells consistent no matter what? Yes, um, we wake it at Easter time. It's a sweet bread. I don't know if you've ever mm-hmm. oh, eaten yeah. it before. Oh, believe me, I've and, had a lot uh, of it. <laughs> but it's, you know, it just kind of reminds you of uh, Easter. It's so good. And just yeah. um, as Christians, it's just, you know, the, the wonderful memories of what the Lord has done for us. And so it's just a sweet, sweet memory. Good for Excellent. you. That's a really I love good that. Phone call. Thanks, Pat. Thank you. Let's go back. And uh, hey, Vicki. Uh, Vicki, you're with us today. Tell us uh, your, your memory. My grandparents kept the bacon grease on the stove and the can and cooked everything in bacon grease. Uh-huh. Their house always smelled like bacon. Uh-huh. I don't even like bacon, but I love that smell because it just reminds me of them. Yeah, nice. I like that too. Bacon grease. Yeah. That's yeah. really good. We had this really magical thing. Uh, we had an aunt. Uh, my mother would save all of her bacon grease. And then like, I don't know, once a month or so, our aunt Kate would show up, take the bacon grease. And somehow magically she'd come back like in a couple of days with nut roll. And I don't think the nut roll was even connected was somehow like, I was like, with the please bacon. Please tell me she didn't use all the bacon grease to make. The I don't nut think roll. so, but there was like some sort of exchange roll. there. You know that it happened that way. Anyway, maybe she was selling it on the street. <laughs> Kate, it's my bacon grease pusher. Right. I got some bacon grease here for you. I really need you. Uh, how about Marianne? Hey, Marianne, thanks for joining us today on Word FM. Hi. Hi. Uh, onions and celery sautéed in, in butter with poultry seasoning. Oh, that reminds you of Thanksgiving. <laughs> Twice a year, yeah. Thanksgiving and Christmas, loved it. Yep, I love that. I bet that would smell like Thanksgiving to me too. If I walked into your house, I'd be like, "Wow, <laughs> I need that stuffing." <laughs> That's right. That definitely, is a, definitely. Excellent. That is a good smell. Thanks, Thanks Marianne. Marianne. Okay, about one more phone call. Uh, Grace, you're with us today. Welcome. Hi. Hi. What, what's I'm your gonna, memory? I'm going to explain the story first, okay. and then tell you the smell. Um, my dad and I would go to 
pick up the Sunday papers at a little place in Greensburg. I can't even remember the the store, but it was a newsstand and it had candy and stuff like that. And he would always get me a pack of Necco wafers. Oh, yeah. So what reminds me of my dad is clove. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Which was the, the white ones. Right. Or, I'm sorry, the purple ones. Right. And, I, and when I was trying to share them with my grandkids, they were like, oh, this is too hot. This is too hot. <laughs> 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 but clove, I mean, it's very aromatherapy for me. I can actually get the spice jar and just have a sniff and oh, i'm very calm very nice <laughs> well, I, I gotta be honest in my head i never realized that was clove like i just it smelled like to me it's like a necco wafer i huh. didn't i but now that you say it of course that makes sense yeah <laughs> do they still make necco wafers I think they are phasing them out, but you can find them in like some of the places that are selling vintage candy yeah i think oh, okay. i think i heard they were just selling like they might be just making black ones or something. What? Just a uh, bl- that's really yeah. Weird. There was there was uh, there was some you know flavor separation huh. going on. The, the Necco wafers was the only time in Catholic grade school we could have candy because I remember practicing communion with Necco wafers. There was like the practice wafer. They were none approved <laughs> Necco wafers. Thanks, Grace. We'll take another quick break. Stick around. It's the ride home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. You watch what you eat. You're hitting the gym. You're doing your best to live a healthy life. But did you know that a bad night's sleep and a bad mattress can have a big impact on your health? Here at the Original Mattress Factory, our hand-built mattresses made of the highest quality materials provide the comfort and support needed to provide healthy sleep for years to come. To learn more about how the right mattress can help you achieve healthy sleep habits, visit OriginalMattress.com or stop by an Original Mattress Factory store near you. The gimmicks, the flashy sales, and the big markups. Mattress stores have made the mattress shopping experience confusing on purpose. Ron Trzinski started the original mattress factory to create a better way. He raised the bar on quality, offered hand-built mattresses for a fraction of the cost, and ditched the high-pressure sales tactics, all to create a better mattress buying experience for you. You could say he was the original disruptor. Stop by an original mattress factory store or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around... I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Hi, this is Tud Shulkin. Join me and head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin, Steelers players Vance McDonald and Stefan Tuitt, and pastors Brian Loritz and Ed Glover for Man Up Pittsburgh on Saturday, June 8th at Victory Family Church in Cranberry. Man Up is a day for all men to work on becoming the best godly leaders they can be. There will be free food, fellowship, worship, powerful messages, and dynamic breakout sessions. From high schoolers to grandfathers, this is for you. Register today at manuppittsburgh.org. Hosted by Urban Impact and brought to you locally by Chick-fil-A of 
of Pittsburgh. You're the person who keeps thinking, there's no way I could possibly bring a business to life. Maybe next year, maybe when I make $100,000, I can leave that job. I'm Lorene Kyle, founder and visionary of the Launch Collective Expo. You can create and start working towards a vision and dream that you've always wanted. Join me and Pinpoint Publishing on April 30th at Nova Place. When collective minds gather, the impossible becomes possible. Tickets are on sale now at launchcollectiveexpo.com. We've been talking about the memory of smell yeah. for the last 15 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. we got time for one more phone call. Hey, Jim, uh, you're always welcome here. What's your memory? Uh, mine goes back to third grade. My teacher, um, we had our art teacher was laid off, and she decided she was going to still teach art once a week, and she'd bring in the art supplies. And the fragrance, I can smell because I would take back the supplies at the end of the day to her station wagon, and it's rare. I maybe smell it once or twice a year, but I always go back to third grade, and that wonderful teacher who spent her own money on art supplies because she felt we still needed to do art in third grade. And mm. I was horrible at art, but she was tremendous. Oh, fabulous. Isn't that that's a great story? That is. You know what is another smell I bet would take, you, take us back? Hmm. Paste. Oh, that you remember, thick, hard paste. Remember, yeah. your, did your teacher used to dig that out with a ruler? Yeah. yeah. You remember that? <laughs> Slap it on a paper I plate or something. I have I haven't something. smelled paste since I was in junior high. I wonder if they make paste like that anymore. Now there's glue sticks and things like that, right? It's, I it's hate another, the smell of glue era. sticks. Like That's a either. gross smell. Yeah. But is. paste, I think I would probably like. Mm. You know what smell I love? Mm. Bleach. Really? Oh, yeah. I love that smell. I'll get to. I like bleach. It's so clean. It doesn't make you feel clean. Just smell it. It makes you feel clean. Makes me kind of sick. Oh, I like it. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. illegal immigrants into Democratic strongholds. White House correspondent Greg Cluxton reports. In his latest tussle with Democrats over illegal immigration, the president confirms that he's looking at a plan that would send detained immigrants to sanctuary cities. And they want more people in their sanctuary cities? Well, we'll give them more people. We can give them a lot. We can give them an unlimited supply. Just hours before, White House and Homeland Security officials insisted the idea had been rejected. But the president says it's under consideration and it'll show if Democrats have open arms. Greg Clugston, Washington. A five-year-old child fell three floors after being pushed or thrown from a balcony at the Mall of America. The police say the suspect is a 24-year-old man with no known relation to the child's family. This is SRN News. The Bible defines faith as being sure of what we hope for and certain for what we do not see. Hi, I'm Paul Bixler from Cornerstone Television. Forty years ago, God used my parents to start Western Pennsylvania's first Christian television station on nothing but faith and prayer. It took ten years of struggle to get the station on the air. Launch Day was a true miracle. It was an amazing story of God's faithfulness. Now we're celebrating 40 years of broadcasting. So let me ask you, what are you boldly believing for? Here at Cornerstone Television... We've seen firsthand that faith works, and we want to encourage you to keep believing. Tune in for our Faith Works program, April 22nd through the 28th at 7 p.m., for encouraging, life-changing messages. 
Let Cornerstone TV join you in believing for your miracle. Learn more at ctvn.org. This Easter, Breakthrough, starring Chrissy Metz. Boys, get off the ice! She's been underwater for 15 minutes. The odds were against her son. He's had no pulse for over an hour. Until his mother's prayer. Please, Sandra, please spirit to save my son. Proved the impossible. We've got a pulse! On April 17th. I don't believe John will survive the night. Discover the incredible true story. You don't know my son. Of an extraordinary miracle. He is a fighter. Breakthrough. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. For tickets, go to BreakthroughMovie.com. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When you're always on the go, what would you prefer? An office phone system? Hey, it's Rochelle. Sorry I missed you earlier. Had an errand to run, but I'm back in the office, so give me a call when you get this. Or one that works on your cell phone. No hardware needed, courtesy of Grasshopper. Oh, one sec. It's a business call. Hi, this is Rochelle with WayForward Partners. How can I help? There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us. At extremetruck.net. Love one another as I have loved you. That's what Jesus said, but it's going to take a lot of prayer to make it happen. Join us Thursday, May 2nd, as we celebrate the National Day of Prayer, 6.15 p.m. at Christ Church at Grove Farm. An hour of music, prayer, and exhortation as we call on God to move in our hearts and heal our land. Free and open to the public, come join us for this special one-hour kickoff celebration to mark the official start of the Pittsburgh Prayer Conference. Details at wordfm.com slash prayer. Partial clearing and cooler tonight. The low 50 degrees for tomorrow, partly sunny. A nice day for the opening of trout season. High 69 degrees, mostly cloudy tomorrow night. Low 48 and for Sunday, a brief shower or two in the morning. Otherwise, mostly cloudy and warm with a high of 73. Then we do have to watch for some strong storms as we move into the afternoon and evening. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. The Friday, the Friday edition of The Ride Home. I think that at least several times throughout the year, there should be like a national mandate that the weekend is three days long. Two just seems a little skinny. Well, I've told you from the very beginning, and I stand by this because it's a great idea, that the Monday after the Super Bowl should be a national holiday. I'm fine. So that's, that's one fine. weekend that should always be three days. How about like the the you know like the the bridge from the month of April to the month of May that weekend? You know the, the bridge. Like, you would call what? it like the spring the spring love weekend where. Oh yeah, know, that's good. We're not- gonna come up with the spring love weekend. <laughs> Because, you know, I, I... Great. This sounds like something that happened at the corner of Haight and Ashbury, 1971. <laughs> it's a spring love weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Time to plant your bulbs. Good God. Okay? 
I, you know yeah, what I'm saying? That sound good to I, me. Well, okay, then we'll get a marketing group to work on that. Okay, thing. good. The, Come the up with a different name? Okay. Okay, I think the it's spring wise. Spring Love Week. <laughs> right. <laughs> like you'll be on that committee. I don't, <laughs> I don't think so. I'm going to ask you to do but something different. But you know what different. I'm saying? Yeah. I want longer weekends, especially now that it's springtime, because I want to be outside right. as much as like possible. I would like to do some more things. Right. I would like that. I know. I think, I mean, I support your idea generally. And how about this? How about those times, you know, uh, and we, we, we tend generally go to church every weekend, generally. But there are times when you don't go to church and you go, holy smokes, I got the whole morning on Sunday. Which is why it's dangerous not to go to church. Right. I then mean you fall, it. I know. You fall into that trap. Right. And you're like, wow, boy. The rest of the is, world is not there at right. all having that extra time. Because yeah. by the time you get home from church, at least for us, it's, you know, it's 1, one thirty or right. so. Exactly. And then, you know, and then you have to cook. You have to eat your food. Right. So it's 4 o'clock and then the day's over. Mm-hmm. I'm getting my clothes ready for the week. Well, gee, now the way you're talking about it, I'm not looking forward to it at all. That's why I support the Spring Love Weekend, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'd be <laughs> the first one. <laughs> so ridiculous. No, it's a good the, one. Yeah, it's uh, music by Peter, Paul, and Mary. Uh, <laughs> right. Maybe the first one to tell you, John. The answer, my friend. Yes. I hate that song. There you go. I hate all that music Do you? from that era. I like Every, that. I, Why? As my least favorite. I'd rather listen to techno pop. What? Than Peter, any, Paul, and Mary? Than any like peace, love, Why? and I cannot. Peter, Paul, and Mary. Oh, gosh. If I had a hammer, so I'd hammer in the oh, morning. It's like Come on. Three chords and a social message. <laughs> I can't stand it. I like that stuff. John, your weekend has begun. Ah, yes. Oh, yeah! Seven minutes past the five o'clock hour on a Friday spring afternoon. Nice. Okay. Now, in my neighborhood or my backyard... I'm grazing in the grass because I got to cut that stuff. Yeah, but that's how you ended up with a tick. That's <laughs> true. It's true. <laughs> Was it too personal? Should oh, I not have said yeah, it on the air? Exactly. Not everybody knows I got a tick. <laughs> isn't I think this should have come up at the pre-show? Wait, meeting. isn't the movie? Isn't this a movie opening this weekend? Tick or there's a, the Netflix series or something like that? Tick Man or something? Haven't you seen those no. promos for that? My, haven't you seen that? I haven't seen that. It's Tick. The guy. Yeah, it's like a superhero. Are you starring in it? No, no. But I am a Tick magnet for what someone. What is that? Some guys are Chick magnets. I'm a Tick magnet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to suck the blood out of you. I'm John Hall. Anyway, it is Grilled Cheese Day, National oh, that's Grilled a, Cheese Day. It's which the is, worst transition in radio history. Really, <laughs> Went from ticks to grilled I cheese. Just, I was going to try to come up with a segue, and then I thought, that's you no know, good. there isn't any. Oh, thanks for being here. Okay, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. Okay, so now we're talking about grilled cheese. Because <laughs> I don't want to talk tick. about I don't don't talk about, about the tick thing You brought anymore. it up. I don't want to. Holy smokes. Choose okay, your topics carefully. So we were talking about National Grilled Cheese Day at the start of our program. Mm. And if you missed our first hour, you can, of course, find us on iTunes or at johnandkathyshow.com. Um, Mike has been having a grilled cheese sandwich, what, three out of like six nights this Correct. week. Yes. I haven't had one in two years. But the more we talk about it, the more I feel like maybe I need to make a dietary adjustment. Yeah, please. You should. Now, wait. Now, your husband, he he's the one who drives the dietary concerns. In yeah, the, not because what, he wants to. Just because, I know. You know. But would he do a grilled cheese? Oh, no, because he's lactose intolerant. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. They he make, has no patience for lactose. No, no. Okay. All right. So I, I think so. Your girl. So you, your girls are eating grilled cheese. Right. 
But so you yourself. Them, right. But I don't usually. Well, why do want you? I mean. Well, because again, it's a. Solidarity. Well, yeah. No, no, it's more that I just want to fit in my pants. Oh, okay. So I'll make them grilled cheese and then I'll have How about a kale cheese? How about a kale sandwich? That would actually, that could be very good. No, it'd be horrible. A kale and cheese sandwich? No, yeah. no, no just, a, just plain kale. Like just hot kale on a, two pieces of bread. Well, hot kale is good. Raw kale is awful. Hmm. You know what I had today for lunch was a uh, hot tuna sandwich. Mm. I love tuna so much. Oh, me too. But, you know, like a tuna grilled grilled cheese tuna sandwich. I got to be honest with you. I don't really like tuna hot. What? Uh, to me, cold is where it's at. Mm. I had uh, cheese and tomato and lettuce on that thing. Remember tuna helper? Oh, I like tuna helper. That was gross. How about, do you, do you like tuna noodle casserole? No. Oh, oh yeah. I love that. Oh, yeah. you like that? That I was a, st- that me too, baby. Okay, yeah. I feel like I would like it if it was cold. No, 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 no. no, no. no. Yeah, it's good. Need- we, we did that at least once every two weeks. That was part of the staple of, you know, rotation of my mom's menu. Did you do Hamburger Helper also? Oh, yeah. Whenever that, whenever Hamburger Helper first came on the market, you know, that was like early 70s for us. That was like, oh, my gosh. My palate had been changed forever. So we delicious. loved that. Yeah. You know, we didn't have a lot of Hamburger Helper in my house, but you know what my mom made a lot? Steak. Shake and bake. Oh, Shake and bake. And we helped. Remember Shake and Bake? <laughs> I know the commercial. You Is know, that what they said in the commercial? Two young girls. It was kind of like something out of Stephen King's Shining. The mom was making, <laughs> the mom was making like you know, she was making ch- chicken, and they go, the dad finally eat it, and he goes, oh, it's it's uh, shake and bake, and the girl said, and we helped. <laughs> yeah, you don't remember that? No, but I remember the I shake feel bad and bake. For you guys, you didn't. We had a lot of era. shake and bake. Oh, did you? Though? Yeah, that what? was. That was very, I, I mean, we all thought that was very delicious. All the, the spices in there. I'm sure that that's like 100% MSG. Oh, without a doubt. Mike, you wouldn't be able to have that at all. No, no. No. He'd be really grumpy. He wouldn't he be? Can you imagine how crabby he'd be oh, if he had that man. kind of MSG? I'd be I'm awful. walking around here the studio today, and you know, I come in, and what do I hear? Well, the first thing I hear when I walk in the studio is Mike laughing. Mike's laughter has become the soundtrack of Word FM. It is it ha- so It has been. I mean that in funny. a really good way. That is a really funny laugh. It's a great laugh. It is a very yeah, funny laugh. So okay. thank you, Mike. All right, so grilled Mike cheese. Fried. Can I help? It's shaking day, and I help. <laughs> no, they, they, they said we helped. Uh, but that, that's it. That's yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. I helped. Mm-hmm. Going back to grilled cheese, was that a staple of your childhood? Oh, of course. Grilled cheese was like, as a kid, like, you know, maybe like eight years old, was the first thing that I was allowed, you know, to make in the kitchen by myself. Mm. You know what I mean? That and popcorn. Now, did you make it in a skillet or under oh, yeah. under a broiler? No, in a skillet. Okay, Mike, is your is, is Mrs. New Mike yeah, making that? chicken, mama. Chicken anymore, but you can both help me with the shake and bake. Susie, you shake, and Sally, you bake. Fine chicken, honey, real crisp, moist and tender too. Mama didn't fry it, Daddy. But it's crispy like fry. It's shake and bake, and we. <laughs> there, you, there you go. Wow, that's it. What year was that, Mike? 1970. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. How about that? And we hailed. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's all right. Um, Mike, when when Mrs. (laughs) New Mike (laughs) is making grilled cheese, making cheese for is it in a skillet or is she doing that under a broiler? Broiler. Um, it's, a, on a, it's on a skillet. Okay. It's on a skillet. Who's doing the broiler? Listen, I had a friend. A Julia one Childs. Of, one of my friends from college, we were making grilled cheese one day, I remember, and she started heating up the broiler. I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm making grilled cheese. I said, what the heck? The broiler is something you have to be, pay a lot of attention to. Yeah. Because or, or, you, yeah. all of a sudden, like, you know, 10 seconds go by, you got a charred <laughs> exactly. lump of... I, I used to use the George Foreman. 
And oh. in college, you know, we, we didn't have access to a stove. So yep. I went to Goodwill. I, I bought a $15 George Foreman, <laughs> plugged that sucker in. How'd that work? Oh, my gosh. I had, like, everybody in the dorm room. Really? I don't think over. you should buy used appliances at Goodwill. I just think it's oh, a bad idea. Oh, I bought idea. a George Foreman at a yard sale. How'd yep. that go? Uh, it was only $5. And I made so many dinners on that thing really i can't i mean so many i used that thing for years the, best. the george the george yeah. Foreman grill in fact i was reading an article about george foreman a couple weeks ago and his eight sons named george yeah exactly <laughs> you know why he named them all george mm-hmm. because he wanted everyone to know they belonged to him <laughs> <laughs> anyway the amount of money he made on the george foreman grill I versus bet. the amount of money he made boxing I mean, what? the comparison is gigantic. No he kidding. He made like over 10 times the amount of money with the, the George, George Fem- Foreman grill that he ever made That's in his crazy. in yeah. his career. And it hurt yeah. a lot less. <laughs> yeah. You got that right. <laughs> what the heck? Anyway, happy National Grilled Cheese Day. I'm going to put something up on our Facebook page. I'll tweet it out, too, just because I want to send you greetings. Okay, very and nice. And if you want to list how you make your grilled cheese, we heard from a listener this week, Valerie. And she talked about the grilled cheese and dill pickle. Oh, yeah. Of course. Did not that sound? Sounds excellent. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think it was grilled cheese bacon and dill pickle. Nice. Now that's how I'm going. Now Is that how you're that's going? That's how I go it. Yeah. It's, it, but you have to do it from the beginning. You have to put end. it all in at the beginning so you can grill it up and it'll be smooth and melty. Nope. Okay. And we'll take a quick break. Come back. We're going to go into the art world in a few minutes. We're going to talk about, and next week, of course, is Holy Week or Passion Week. And our guest is going to talk about works of art that echo the Passion Week. Stay with us. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM and WPIT. WORD. What are your kids doing this summer? Well, Focus on the Family is offering them a free downloadable PDF of Wooten's Wacky Word Games and Activities for hours of fun. You could also win the Adventures in Odyssey Summer Family Getaway in Colorado Springs. This is so awesome! Enter today for the Adventures in Odyssey VIP Experience Getaway. Go to wordfm.com slash adventure. Hey, Friday afternoon, every Friday, we check in with Marsha from the Springhouse. Hey, Marsh, how you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? Good, Marsha. Now, Palm Sunday is this Sunday. Do you have anything planned? We do. We have our annual Palm Sunday feast. But even before that, tomorrow we have our Easter egg hunt. Oh, I so like it. Like really, yeah, it's a really fun event. And we have a, a big blue dressed up bunny that we do some singing. And we have some baby calves and baby goats and baby lambs and chicks and ducks for the kids to play with. Sweet. They can decorate cookies and then... They get to actually hunt for Easter eggs in the cow pasture with the heifers running around. <laughs> <laughs> That's right for an accident, Marcia. <laughs> no, thankfully the heifers are a little scared, but they are interested in those Easter eggs. They think those are very funny. <laughs> and what about people who are still interested in a smokehouse ham for their Easter table? Yes. yes. So we are smoking around the clock from now through Easter. Our hickory smoked hams, and they are. Uh, ranging from 18 to 22 pounds. It's a wonderful old-fashioned ham that um, just the meat just falls off mm. the bone when you bake it. And you That's, guys know because you love them. We sure them. love them. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it is like it wouldn't stuff. be Easter without them. Without a doubt. Okay, so Palm Sunday, you've got a, a, also extra stuff going on. Yep, yep. We've got our Palm Sunday feast, all kinds of really yummy food. You can check out the menu online, and we've got a special meal deal. Twelve ninety nine, couple main dishes and three sides. It's 
we were just talking through the menu and starting to prep for it, and it's a huge meal. So it should be a really, a really fun day. And we have music that day, too. Excellent. Okay, so an Easter egg hunt, then a special Palm Sunday meal, and the Springhouse ham. Kath and I, big thumbs up. It's always on our dinner table for the holidays, whether it's Christmas or Easter. Listen, for all the details, check out springhousemarket.com. Don't delay. The food's incredible. You watch what you eat. You're hitting the gym. You're doing your best to live a healthy life. But did you know that a bad night's sleep and a bad mattress can have a big impact on your health? Here at the Original Mattress Factory, our hand-built mattresses made of the highest quality materials provide the comfort and support needed to provide healthy sleep for years to come. To learn more about how the right mattress can help you achieve healthy sleep habits, visit OriginalMattress.com or stop by an Original Mattress Factory store near you. The gimmicks, the flashy sales, and the big markups. Mattress stores have made the mattress shopping experience confusing on purpose. Ron Trzinski started the original mattress factory to create a better way. He raised the bar on quality, offered hand-built mattresses for a fraction of the cost, and ditched the high-pressure sales tactics, all to create a better mattress buying experience for you. You could say he was the original disruptor. Stop by an original mattress factory store or visit us at originalmattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Share, like, comment, tweet. Are these foreign terms to your business? They may not be to your competition and the reason you're losing sales. We're Salem Surround. We take the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers. We offer a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. If you're living under the dark cloud of hidden secrets and judgment, then it's time for you to apply the teaching of Psalm 50 in your own life. Join Terry Hanna for Christians with Secret Addictions. How amazing would it be that rather than hide in the darkness of our past, we can have God himself as our hiding place, our place of safety, his unfailing love and forgiveness, just like David experienced. Christians with Secret Addictions, Sunday night at 645 on WORD. When you think of some of the great works of art in this world, a lot of them, of course, center around Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And with that, they also center around the, the, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Here to talk to us about Passion Week, the art of Passion Week, is Terry Glaspie. Terry's a writer, an editor, a creative mentor, someone who finds various forms of art, painting, films, novels, poetry, music, to be some of the places where we most deeply connect with God. Terry's written over a dozen books, including one of the books that we absolutely love called 75 Masterpieces Every Christian Should Know, the fascinating stories behind great art, music, literature, and film. Terry, welcome back to the show. It's so good to be so good to be with you. Thank you. It's our pleasure. Terry, we love that book so much. I can't even tell you. I, still, oh, I keep it on you. my That's desk. Yeah. <laughs> I keep it on my desk because it's just a reminder that there's so much richness around us if we'll just notice it. Mm -hmm. And the thing I loved about that book in particular, and and hopefully this will give us a good jumping off point for our uh, conversation today, is that if – if we just limit art to one thing, like if we just think of art as music or we just think of art as painting or we just think of art as – prose or whatever it is, we really close ourselves off from the entirety of the art world that can really speak to us. Absolutely. I completely agree. In my own life, I've just found that 
has has drawn me closer to God, has has deepened my understanding of Scripture, um, has helped me to understand myself better Mm. and to relate to other people better. Um, I just, uh, I I feel like it's uh, one of the hidden spiritual disciplines that we don't pay enough attention to is the fact that art can really have a transformative effect on our lives. Yes. So, Terry, art's weird because... I mean, the common person who knows nothing about art can see the beauty in it, especially when you see art of the Passion Week. But at the same time, art also is a great uh, intimidator that the people who know nothing about art think, well, I, I can't go into a museum or I don't even want to look at art, at art in, a, in a magazine or a, a book because it's too much for me to bear. I know nothing about it, so I just tend to stay away from it. And I think that's the shame of it all. I, I think I think you're right, and if there's one thing that my books and my speaking in recent years has been about more than anything else, is it's about trying to take away some of that intimidation mm-hmm. factor. Um, I mean, if we, you know, if you took art classes in school, you may have been given this idea that somehow art is for elite people, that it's hard to understand, that you've got to know all about all the philosophy before you can appreciate it. And I say balderdash to all that. That's uh, not true at all. Yes. Um, can I mean, the, the interesting thing about art is that um, I think good art has an immediate appeal to us. It's something, it, it resonates with something uh, inside of us, and, and we understand and can be fed by it. And then if we want to take the step of getting going deeper with it, we can understand even more, and it can. Uh, there's even more that, that the art has to teach us, but it doesn't have to be any sort of complex, um, uh, any sort of complex process at all. It's just opening our heart and opening our eyes nice. and um, seeing what God might have to teach us. So, of course. This Sunday is Palm Sunday. We're about to go through next Friday, of course, is Good Friday. So can, can you talk us through some works of art, uh, of the art of the passion that we should know about, Terry? Sure. Um, first thing I'd like to say maybe before I do that is to, is to say that I think one of the valuable things that art can do specifically is it can help us bring stories of the Scriptures alive to us, um, especially for those of us who have been Christians a long time. We've read the stories uh, of, the, of the last week in Jesus' life, of the Last Supper, and the arrest, and the trial, and the crucifixion, and the resurrection. And they almost can become so familiar to us that we we sort of cease to be surprised and startled by them. Mm. And I think one of the great things that art does uh, is it helps us, it it provides almost like a visual commentary on the scriptures for us, and uh, it helps us to maybe see it anew and see it in a fresh way. And when it does that, it can really deepen, I think, our understanding. I I did a, I taught a a Sunday school class uh, last week, uh, and I'm actually, the week after next for Easter, I'm going to continue it, where we were talking about the last week in Jesus' life, and we were looking at it specific through the visual arts. And we probably looked at uh, about ten different paintings of the crucifixion, Hmm. and each one of them brought 
as we looked at them, as we discussed them, I think everybody in the room felt like we were learning new aspects and seeing it in a new way. Um, for example, two examples I might give, just from visual art. Um, Matthias uh, Grunewald was a, a German painter, part of the kind of northern renaissance in Germany, um, late 1500s, uh, and he painted a picture of the crucifixion that is just haunting. It's, it's just, it's basically shocking to look at, because he captured all of the pain of what Jesus went through for us. His body is sagging on the cross. The cross itself, arms of the cross are all are kind of bent and, and weighed down by the weight of his body on the cross. And his body is covered with uh, sores from where he has been, uh, from where he's been whipped. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about that painting is that it was painted for a hospital where people who had leprosy go um, and uh, and spend time to get cured of their leprosy. And if you think about the fact that there in their chapel at the hospital, they could see this picture of the wounded Jesus, whose body was was broken, was it was was imperfect, was actually hideous because of what he was being put through. It it suddenly opens up something uh, of, a, of an identification. Jesus identifies with our deepest hurts, our deepest, deepest pain. Um, so that's like, you know, that's um, that's one example. Um, We're looking at it now, Terry, uh, the Grunewald piece. It, it's shocking yes. in its brutality. The Eisenheim altar. Oh, it is shocking. It is. Um, and if, if, if listeners are... Uh, or near the internet, you might put in a Grunewald, the um, Eisenheim altarpiece, and and it is, and and it's it's powerful because there's John the Baptist is standing to the right of the of Jesus on the cross, and of course historically that wouldn't be correct because he was dead by then, but it's trying to make a point. John the Baptist is pointing toward Christ, and right next to John the Baptist is a lamb. Mm-hmm. And he is talking about Jesus as the Lamb of God. And this is such a powerful picture of sacrifice. Fabulous. And I think that's part of what's important as we go through the East week that we remember what Jesus did for us. Mm-hmm. Is the lamb bleeding at the bottom of the painting? Uh, I, you know, I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, I'm moment. looking. I'm looking I, at. I, I do think, believe there's a little bit of blood. Yeah, I think the, the lamb, lamb is bleeding yeah. into a chalice. Yes. Yeah. At the bottom. I is believe it? you're right because there is a chalice next to the lamb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never seen this painting before. Yeah, I mean, such such a powerful picture. Right. You know, and and it's it's part of the Easter story. Another part of the Easter story is the resurrection, and. Um, there are some powerful, powerful uh, paintings that uh, capture the the resurrection. There's a very famous one by an early Renaissance painter, uh, Piero della Francesco, and uh, it's kind of an amazing painting because if you see Jesus, he's standing with his foot on the tomb. Um, you know, in this case, the tomb is is uh, is portrayed almost more like a almost more like a casket. Um, 
but he's, his foot is resting on it like he's firmly accomplished something, and he has a uh, he has in his hands a um, he's holding a flag, which is like a traditional medieval or medieval Renaissance uh, sign of victory. Hmm. And all of the you know several of the uh, disciples are are sleeping <laughs> as as Jesus has climbed out of the tomb. And interestingly, on one side of the on the left side of the painting, there are like trees with no uh, leaves left on the branches, and on the right side are trees that are fully in bloom, mm-hmm. making the sense, making the kind of point that Jesus has totally overcome the power of death. And even in nature, in a certain sense, Jesus has, has overcome the power of death. He has brought winter is now the past, and as he strides victoriously from the tomb, he ushering in um, a whole a whole new way of life. Terry Gillespie is with us. He's talking to us about the art of the passion. So, Terry, these works, these uh, works that sort of span the centuries, and they're immortal in, in their pictures of Christ. For the most part, these were commissioned by wealthy people or churches to to whether they were gracing hospitals or cathedrals, but we are the richer because of this, obviously, because they, they show Christ in, in all sorts of variety, the pain and the triumph. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, they, they're not, we don't look at them as, like, um, necessarily as, as perfect, historically accurate artifacts, but they have a story to tell. Each has its own story to tell about the meaning of the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus and, and, and what that means for us. And so um, it, it becomes a matter of, of, of taking the time to really uh, listen to, uh, listen to um, in, in the case of music or look at, in the case of art, um, someone else's uh, fresh perspective that can help shape and change and widen and broaden our own perspective. Yes. So, Terry, for people who are listening right now and they think, well, I'd like to look, you know, online to see these things. I mean, obviously, you know, in in your piece, uh, 75 masterpieces of work, um, you've done this in many ways. But what about people looking right now online? Um, If you Googled in, what would you Google in to to find things like this? I think if you just put, uh, if you put something like uh, paintings of, Crucifixion, painting of paintings of the resurrection. Um, I think you'll find a great variety that will come up, and mm-hmm. you know some of them will be kind of what I call Sunday school art. Yes, that's um, not you know it's kind of the kind that was in our Sunday school lessons when we as we grew up. It's maybe not artistically quite as as profound, uh, but still can be beautiful. But but it. But I think especially at this time of the year, um, it's important. I, you know, I love the idea of the, the church year, that every year we kind of reenact the, uh, the famous and important events of Jesus' life. And I think every time, you know, I, I always try every year to have like a little project of, <clears throat> of art I'm going to look at or music uh, that I'm going to listen to for 
for that year as a way to get another fresh perspective. Mm, that's great. Um, like last year, I listened to uh, The Messiah again by Handel. Um, this year, I'm actually going to uh, be listening to, um, I'm kind of saving it for uh, for uh, the week Easter week, um, Handel wrote uh, uh, a powerful oratorio called The Resurrection. Uh, it's an early one of his works so, that I'm planning um, to look at. But, you know, there are all kinds of things. Like C.S. Lewis, uh, he there was a book by Dorothy Sayers that was based on a play that she had written uh, that was a ra- performed on the radio called The Man Born to Be King. Mm, right. And every year he would listen he would listen to, he would read that book um, every year during Holy Week. That became part of his way of marking that special week. And I think it's worthwhile for us to find, um, you know, books, music, whatnot, that will do that, um, do that for us. Yeah. Well, Terry, thanks so much for the encouragement to uh, think outside our comfort zone. Yeah, it's just a little tiny taste, Terry. I know that you could stay with us a lot longer because you're, you're so deep into the subject. We'd love to have you back, so uh, please, let's join us soon. Terry Glaspie is a writer, an editor, a creative mentor, and someone who finds various forms of art, painting, films, novels, poetry, music, to be some of the places where he most deeply connects with God. Hey, find his book, 75 Masterpieces Every Christian Should Know, the fascinating stories behind great art, music, literature, and film. It is a terrific piece. The Bible defines faith as being sure of what we hope for and certain for what we do not see. Hi, I'm Paul Bixler from Cornerstone Television. Forty years ago, God used my parents to start Western Pennsylvania's first Christian television station on nothing but faith and prayer. It took ten years of struggle to get the station on the air. Launch day was a true miracle. It was an amazing story of God's faithfulness. Now we're celebrating 40 years of broadcasting. So let me ask you, what are you boldly believing for? Here at Cornerstone Television, we've seen firsthand that faith works, and we want to encourage you to keep believing. Tune in for our Faith Works program, April 22nd through the 28th at 7 p.m., for encouraging, life-changing messages. Let Cornerstone TV join you in believing for your miracle. Learn more at ctvn.org. Hi, this is Todd Shulkin. Join me and head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin, Steelers players Vance McDonald and Stefan Tuitt, and pastors Brian Loretz and Ed Glover for Man Up Pittsburgh on Saturday, June 8th at Victory Family Church in Cranberry. Man Up is a day for all men to work on becoming the best godly leaders they can be. There will be free food, fellowship, worship, powerful messages, and dynamic breakout sessions. From high schoolers to grandfathers, this is for you. Register today at manuppittsburgh.org. Hosted by Urban Imp. And brought to you locally by Chick fil A of Pittsburgh. This Easter, Breakthrough, starring Chrissy Metz. Boys, get off the ice! She's been underwater for 15 minutes. The odds were against her son. He's had no pulse for over an hour. Until his mother's prayer. Please send her Holy Spirit to save my son. Proved the impossible. We've got a pulse! On April 17th. I don't believe John will survive tonight. Discover the incredible true story. You don't know my son. Of an extraordinary miracle. He is a fighter. Breakthrough. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. For tickets, go to BreakthroughMovie.com. 
I was just up at Grove City College last night. I had to return my daughter. Um, and <laughs> To the campus. <laughs> yeah, I returned you. to the store where I bought her. <laughs> I've had it. Uh, so I drove up there. My husband and I both did. And um, we dropped her off. And it was a beautiful night. It was the first warm night this year that I have been out. Lovely. Anyway, I was walking around the quad up there. And, you know, John, you and I in the air, we've talked about Grove City a lot. And we've talked about the wonderful diversity of thought, uh, uh, you know, the encouraging perspective of the professors, the wonderful community of students who are from all different places all over the country, um, and the way that we feel like our kids are being well prepared for life being there. But one thing we've never talked about, and I thought of it last night when I was there and I just soaked it in, it's such a beautiful place. Is it ever? It is such a beautiful campus. And as I was sitting there, I thought, you know, I've never shared with our listeners just how much I appreciate the aesthetic of being at Grove City. Yep. Now, both you and I have, uh, we attended urban campuses. Yes, we did. Right? So the yep. smell of the bus fumes, <laughs> the rush of the crowd. Yep. You take your life into your own hands sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you, going to visit Grove City, being a student at Grove City College, you are surrounded mm-hmm. by the bounty, the beauty of nature. It just makes the education all the sweeter. For information about you and your child gcc.edu Grove City College Partial clearing and cooler tonight the low 50 degrees for tomorrow partly sunny a nice day for the opening of trout season high 69 degrees mostly cloudy tomorrow night low 48 and for Sunday a brief shower or two in the morning otherwise mostly cloudy and warm with a high of 73, then we do have to watch for some strong storms as we move into the afternoon and evening. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. Oh, geez. It's National Poetry Month music. Yeah. Okay. National Poetry Month. Somehow, you and New Mike have conspired to make this music as cheesy as possible. It's, no, we didn't conspire. Oh, uh, it, it I feels like. I think we're just good at it. It's really bad music. All right, uh, but you've got the poem for today. I do. The poem is um, by Ogden Nash. Okay. And Ogden Nash, if you don't know, a fabulous wit. Uh, he's just chock full of wisdom and beauty in his poems. This poem is a short poem. It's called A Word to Husbands. To keep your marriage brimming with love in the loving cup, whenever you're wrong, admit it. Whenever you're right, shut up. A word to husbands. And that is the poem of the day. National Poetry (laughs) Month here on Word FM. We'll take another break. Come back in a few minutes. We've got all sorts of news coming up. Aaron Donald makes a historic gift to the University of Pittsburgh. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends with the best new music. New New music from Ryan Stevenson with Lifted Hands. Symphony by Switch. And Chris Tomlin, Is He Worthy? The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. It's where the Sahara meets the Nile and the Mediterranean Sea. 
Only here exist the perfect conditions for growing the finest cotton in the world. I'm John Hall. Nowhere else can you find cotton so luxuriously soft and light, yet super strong and able to hold deep, vibrant colors, wash after wash. It's this very cotton Mike Lindell has used to create my pillows, Giza Dreams bed sheets. Try them once, and you'll never want to sleep on anything else again. And right now, get a special 30% off MyPillow Dream Sheets with free shipping. Use promo code WORD when you call 800-391-0954 or place your order at MyPillow.com. 60-day money-back guarantee if you're not completely satisfied. Call 800-391-0954 or visit MyPillow.com and be sure to use promo code WORD for 30% off plus free shipping. Sweet dreams from MyPillow. Hey, Pittsburgh, this is Tun Chilkin for my good friends at Calusi Chevrolet. Now during truck month, current GM lessees can save $11,490 off the MSRP on select 2018 Silverado pickups or take advantage of 0% APR financing for up to 72 months. Must qualify. You can buy with confidence knowing that the team at Calusi has been serving Pittsburgh for over 100 years. Check them out at Calusi.com. Chevrolet. Buy new roads. Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40-year legacy of producing college-bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 classical Christian school, students grow to love learning, think deeply, and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation. Robinson Township Christian School, now enrolling preschool through 12th grade at rtcsonline.org. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 4.5%, APR 4.78%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 2% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 33. Here is your new Pella Lifestyle window when open. Here it is, closed. The new Pella Lifestyle series is the number one performing wood window and patio door for sound control, energy efficiency, and value. Keep the outside noise outside. More peace and better rest for your family. Exceptional noise control for a quieter home. For a limited time, get 50% off installation and 12 months no payments, no interest. Call 888-77-PELLA. PellaPittsburgh.com. That comes on strong, doesn't it? Holy smokes. Aaron Donald, the two-time defending NFL Defensive Player of the Year. You know he was in the Super Bowl this year, oh, yeah. playing for the L.A. Rams. Mm-hmm. He also was a star, an absolute star at the University of Pittsburgh, and played for Penn Hills. Am I, I'm pretty sure he played for Penn I Hills think you're also. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, he announced just this morning, um, actually Pitt announced this morning, that he... And he was, by the way, a Penn Hills graduate, um, has made a historic million dollar financial commitment to the Pitt Football Championship Fund to enhance the team's performance center. The fund serves as serves the program in areas such as facility improvement, recruiting, technology and student athlete development. Aaron Donald is 27 years old. He's the youngest seven figure donor in the history of of the University of Pittsburgh. Good for him. His gift is also the largest donation by a Pitt football letterman to the program. What? Really? Yep. Like Dan Marino. How about that? 
No kidding. That's the article by Jerry DePaulo in today's Trib. Oh, so fabulous. I love Aaron Donald. First of all, I, lo- I, I went to Pitt. Yeah. I loved watching him play football at Pitt. It was such a – Pitt is so good at – producing talent for the NFL. It's just so sad that they can't win in their own conference. Like, what the heck? No, they can't. No. Anyway, uh, so congratulations to Pitt, and congratulations mm-hmm. to Aaron Donald for thinking outside himself. Excellent. Hey, we talked about this yesterday. You and I uh, had the opportunity to go see Unplanned. and um, You have to see the movie. If you, you haven't seen Unplanned, do it this weekend. Yeah, because, uh, again, you know, even though it's made a really strong, surprising showing at the box office, it's not going to be around like, you know... Well, most movies aren't around for any length of time, right? No, they, they go, yeah, they cycle through pretty fast. But Unplanned is still playing on more than several screens around Western PA. So make yourself available this weekend and go check it out. There's an article in the, today's New York Times uh, with Unplanned, the headline reads, with Unplanned, abortion opponents turn toward Hollywood. Now... The film, there's nothing cheesy about it. I know that people you know, go, I'm not going to go see this film. Because it's, it's a Christian movie, it's going to be cheesy. Right, and it's bad production values, bad. There's none of that. This is an excellent movie from top to bottom. You, if you're anything like John and I, you will find it unbelievably memorable you will i mean there are a couple scenes like even today we were just like you know working around here i I was like john do you remember that scene Mm -hmm. i mean it's it's a it's a really well done film it sure is so the new york times is you know in this article they're sort of taking issue with the idea that believers christians or pro-lifers often they go hand in hand but not they're not mutually exclusive exclusive that they have made an assault in some way with this movie, Unplanned, on Hollywood. That they have turned uh, people who are pro-life towards Hollywood and using this film as some sort of propaganda. Propaganda. Which essentially... Like, and Hollywood's never done that before. Right. Um, it starts off by talking about how television networks have rejected the film's trailer as being essentially too violent. Um is this rich? Yeah, it I really mean, can is. you too um, violent? Too violent. Yeah. Like, look at the movies mm-hmm. that Hollywood has churned out over the last twenty years. Yep. Come on, the fact that they're considering this too violent is laughable. Yep, and you know, of course, the the famous earlier this week Twitter outage. Um, uh, whenever that happened, just well, not this week, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So, and and just if you're not familiar with that story, uh, once Unplanned came out and started really raking in the cash, tons of people were going to see the movie, all of a sudden their Twitter account was shut down. Yeah. And so people were trying to tweet about the film, were unable to do so. People involved with the film were like, hey, what the heck? I can't even tweet about my own movie. They had to appeal to Twitter. Twitter right. said, oh, no, there was some mix up because you were linked with another account. Anyway, but they never explained, Twitter never did, what the other account was, the other mystery account that they had to flag. So to me, it just seemed like it was cutting down on conservative News sourcing. No doubt about it. That's what it seemed like to me. The Times article says the success of Unplanned follows um, follows that of other face-based films, such as last year's I Can Only Imagine and an earlier film uh, God's Not Dead 1 and 2, which have demonstrated the box office power of a passionate demographic that often says it is overlooked. The filmmakers say that they want the same treatment as that given to films favored by the abortion rights movement, such as RBG, the documentary mm-hmm. about Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Also, uh, they referenced the, the film that would star Sandra Bullock as the former Texas State Senator Wendy Davis, 
who campaigned against restrictions on abortion rights. Another film. Would any of the places that turned us down for advertising turn down Sony or Paramount or Universal with a Sandra Bullock movie from the other side, he asked. And the answer is no. Of course not. Uh, Unplanned, of course, based upon the memoir of the same name by Abby Johnson, a former director of Planned Parenthood Clinic in Bryan, Texas, who became a celebrity of the anti-abortion movement, so says the New York Times, after she was uh, after she said it was a crisis of conscience. The film dramatizes her conservative narrative and includes three unflinching portrayals of abortions, the first and most explicit of which occur in the first 10 minutes of the film. Reports in Texas Monthly and Salon have raised questions, because Salon's like, you know, a major news source. Oh, mm-hmm. Salon have raised questions about the details of Johnson's story, and Planned Parenthood said in a statement that the movie adaptation promotes, quote, many falsehoods. Many falsehoods. Yes, of course yeah. they're going to say that. So um, uh, anyway, the, the scene early on in the film, which is the, the time is referencing in the first 10 minutes, is when Abby Johnson is called into one of the clinic's rooms, and because they're short-staffed that day, she herself has to participate in an abortion. It's the first time that she's ever seen anything like this, and it's the first sort of wave in imagery that starts to make her think she's in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. So Now, here's the thing. It is difficult to watch. So when I say it's preposterous that they're saying it's too violent, I'm not saying it's not violent because abortion is violence. What is preposterous is the fact that you have to to see this movie, you have to be 17 years old because it's an R-rated film. But you can go have an abortion if you're less than 17 years old without even telling your parents in probably over half the states in our union. Exactly. I mean, it's just the the the, the double think that we're involved in when it comes to abortion is just it is it makes me speechless. I don't. I don't even know how how to address it. And when I think about Hollywood's investment in the pro-choice movement, I think to myself, how many women who are advocating abortion and have so very strongly for so long, how many of them can imagine being one of these women portrayed in this film, who's fourteen years old and has to go through a procedure like that? Mm-hmm. I'm into that. So it's just ironic, you know, that here's a film that shows, I believe, for the first time in a major motion picture release, the brutality yep. of what it is to be on a mm-hmm. table and have an abortion yep. performed. And uh, what? The liberal media is upset about right, this? Right. How dare you? Now, here I've been in counseling rooms for a long time and heard people talk about their abortions. But you, John, was that the, was that the first time you yes. had, like... You you didn't know how they did it, or no. you didn't know what they were like. I mean, or... you know, I had a general idea, but there it was. You know, no pun intended here in living color, but in, in deadly color, where you see. You know, I mean, I'm not even bothered to describe it. No, here, please. As difficult as it is, and if you can do this, do it this weekend, because this is something that's important that the filmmakers see the success and that Hollywood sees the success that Christians are are not going to be kowtowed to, that this film is worthy of being seen, and it's done well, and it shows the the horror of what it is, uh, abortion, 21st century. And if you're not sure what you think about abortion and you're listening to this show, go see the film and you know, see what you think. Um, the, one of the things that rings so true to me based on my experience is the fact that they portray people who work at Planned Parenthood 
They're not monsters. They're not people who hate women. They're not people who want to kill babies. They're people that think that they're helping women. Right. Um, in a larger context, I don't feel like they're helping women. No. But it's not that they're monsters. So I feel like they're portrayed as actual people. You know, there are people who have hearts on both sides of this debate, and we need to treat each other well as we talk about it. But I think it's important to go see a film like this um, if you don't know what you think, because right. this is going to help you and give you information you need. And if you already think that you're against abortion and you, you know, I don't know, you just, you know, you give some money here and there, you think that it's great that you vote pro-life or whatever. Listen, you go see this film. And you think to yourself, am I doing enough? Mm -hmm. Am I doing enough to support all of those women that need help? Because voting yes or voting no for your pro-life candidate, I'll tell you right now, that's not enough. I agree. Yeah, I mean, the film doesn't pull any punches. And they show, you know, ab- abortion protesters sometimes not in the best of lights, which I was sometimes happy to see that as well. Sometimes in a horrible light because, listen, you know, they're not all great people. But, you know, it also shows people struggling hard with the dilemma of where they are in their lives. And you should also know that uh, on Monday we'll have Abby Johnson herself, she who is the, the subject of this film. She'll join us during this this portion of the show. I the, can't the, wait to the hear The 5.30 her. Yeah. portion of the show. Really excited for that conversation. Yeah. Okay, we'll take a break back stick around the friday edition of the ride home of the john and kathy show here on word fm We're here at creditrepair.com, the most recognized name in the industry when it comes to resolving credit report issues and getting that credit score up. With me, i got Aaron. Aaron, what happens when people call creditrepair.com? A lot. Just one call gets any listener a free credit score, free credit report, and a free personalized credit evaluation right over the phone. In just a few minutes, you'll know exactly what's hurting your credit and get a personalized game plan to help restore it. And that can make a huge difference when it comes to getting those things that we want, like a new car, a new house or even a brand new job absolutely your credit score is one of the first things lenders look at and our proven process can help remove those unfair or inaccurate items like late payments and collections from your credit report in fact on average people who have used our service have seen significant improvement in their credit scores month after month what are you waiting for call creditrepair.com today call 800-851-5318 that's 800-851-5318 800-851-5318 tax day is coming and this year more than ever you're probably wanting some help head over to h&r block no one knows tax reform better than block and their tax pros will get you every credit deduction and dollar you deserve make an appointment walk in or drop off your docs at a block office near you okay uh wait so mike's saying about the, the big screen downtown are you going to go to that? You've been there? I'm not going to. I've never been there. And I don't like that I've never been there. It's, a lot it's my of fun. own fault. So, so, I get so excited about watching the game in my own environment. Yeah, I get that. You know what I mean? So that I, but but I, it's the I, next best thing to being inside. I need inside. to break out. I need to break out and just do it for yeah, crying out right, loud. Right, please do. Tonight would be a fun night to do it, wouldn't it? It's Friday night. Okay, so Mike says that, that it looks like Jack Johnson's playing. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Earlier today, I don't think he was skating earlier today. What? Come on. Yeah, I don't know. I don't well, think that he doesn't was. bode well. I'm pretty sure. Before I came to work, I'm pretty sure. In fact, I know I heard that he was not going to be playing. I heard the same story. Thank really? you, Mike. Yeah. Okay, so they're back in. They're still in New York, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's going to it's going to be a Friday night oh on Long God. Island. That oh. place is going to be absolutely a zoo. Nuts. It's going to be a zoo. Yes. Those New York fans. Okay, so the Crosby line, we need to get some serious action tonight, okay? Yeah. Because that was way less than their best effort. 
It's hard to It's like I, I'm tense already. I don't want. Right, and I'm it's already five fifty-five. It's too much. Yeah. Why do you invite this into your life? I mean, seriously. Because it. it's People just so awesome. It's playoff hockey it scares the heck. Okay, out of but me. you don't get nervous, Mike. I don't. I. I. Something happened to me this year. I think like I feel like I've grown. As a, as a Penguins fan. As a Pens fan. As a pen, as You're a maturing. Fan. I feel like I'm maturing. That's because funny. It, I, seriously, because seriously, I was like John at this time last year oh, when I was super tense. Where I, Alicia, my wife, she was like, I, I can't even be around you to watch. You're too tense. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like hanging out in the you know, backseat, lounging, kicking back, and just like, okay, yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. Thank goodness all, over all these decades the Pirates have been so mediocre because between the Steelers and the Pens, you just get all nutsy. No, I know. You know? <laughs> So at least there's one of our teams and not that great. Two years ago, when the Pens were going for the second cup in a row, when we played the Caps, you remember the Caps series? How could you forget the Caps series? When we finally won that, my daughter, who was 15 at the time, as soon as we won, she burst into tears. Yeah. I mean, like (laughs) weeping. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I I thought to myself, am I I injuring my children? You are, essentially, of course, (laughs) yes. Right. Every is, child, but it's so worth it. I, may have I don't know if it's uh, worth I, it I, because I when you it. lose, it's so soul crushing. I may have ruined them, but yeah. when you win, it's so. It but is. you 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 Taste lose a heck of a lot more than you win. You yeah, know that. but you know, being at the parade, it oh, just oh, makes the it great. all worthwhile. Mike with it? No, Mike wasn't at the parade. No, Mike wasn't. We didn't know Mike we, then. Well, right, we knew yeah. him, but we weren't. No, we didn't know Mike then. Yeah, Mike John and I were together at the parade. Oh, th- great. this year I hope you join us. Oh, that last I was there at uh, I got there at like five o'clock in the morning. I made sure to get. Front Where were you at the last parade? I was front row in front of the. Uh, I was right in front of the stage. Right in front of the stage. Oh, were you? Okay, we not... were up at the other. We were right at the beginning, which oh. is great. At the, yeah. at the beginning. I really yeah. like to be at. the Me beginning. too. I like it's it very a lot. Fun. Yeah, you can. People are sort of like coalescing. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, they're still not like in their parade mojo. It's super so you get fun. To see them. Remember how close we were to the cup last? Oh, time? I mean, we that were like was. Right we, they were like six inches from us. It was thrilling. Sure we're, was. we're gonna win three two. What do you think? Um, no, I think it's gonna be four one. Four one. Us. I feel good about it. Okay, I'll say four two. Us. Okay. All right. Okay. Who's the star of the game? Uh, Sid Gensel. A production of Gary Media Group. This is Jerry Boyer of Town Hall Finance for townhall.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.